Things change from one generation to the next. Attitudes, politics, technology, even lifestyles. But when it comes to business, there's one thing every generation has in common. The pursuit of excellence. Welcome to Generation Excellence. A conversation with next-gen leaders of family businesses who are working to preserve the past and innovate the future. And now, here's the host of Generation Excellence and a third-generation business owner himself, Jamie Michelson. Jamie? Listeners of Generation Excellence know ice cream and coffee, sometimes the two together, show up repeatedly on this podcast. Well, here we go again. I recently sat down with Joe Kinville of Guernsey Farms Dairy, a third-generation family-owned dairy processor and Michigan-based company that is beloved for its premium quality products and high-level service. Joe and the Guernsey legacy business exemplify excellence and a quiet strength that I really admire and hope is instructive for listeners. Please enjoy this episode from the first drop of milk to the last scoop of ice cream. Welcome, Joe Kinville, to Generation Excellence podcast from Guernsey Farms Dairy in Novi, Michigan. Uh, how you doing on this fine day? I'm, I'm doing wonderful. The, the sun is shining and blue skies out there. Another beautiful day. It, it is. So, I, you know, I, as, as, we've, as we've talked offline, I mean, kind of uh, literally grown up around your, your products and services and locations and know it. But And then some people, I think, know your story and we're going to share it more broadly. But um, I, I like with Generation Excellence to kind of go back to the roots and talk about founding and all that with legacy yeah. businesses. So take, take, I guess, take, take our listeners back to Northville, Michigan, which was, you know, is beautiful and bucolic today, but whatever that must have been like in sort of 1940, if I understand it, and the beginning That's of correct. This, this family operation and what it was and where it's gone a little bit. Yep. So it was in 1940 when my grandpa, John McGuire, was, he had just uh, recently graduated from the Michigan Agricultural School, which is now Michigan State. Right. Um, he had graduated, uh, I'm not going to, I'm not going to remember the exact year, but it was, it was several years before 1940. And upon graduation, he went around and worked at different dairies in the area and then wound up finding himself getting hired to work at what was an existing dairy okay. in downtown Northville called the Red Rose Dairy. Um, he worked there as, as a, you know, an operations manager type, type deal and, um, ended up taking over the business and, uh, buying out the guy who had owned it before, um, around 1945 or so. And from there it's, it's been family owned and operated ever since. So, um, it was right around the time when they had also changed the name from the Red Rose Dairy to Guernsey Farms Dairy. Um, there's a, there's a big misconception about the, the name, the term Guernsey people sure. always think and assume it's our last name. Your family it was actually name right. The, right. It was, there was the breed of cow that the, the milk originally came from. And, and that time in the forties and fifties, the Northville area up and down eight mile road, which is, uh, just North of where the dairy originally was. It was, it was full of dairy farms. There was Guernsey cows and farms all over the place and uh, unfortunately the Guernsey breed has has kind of went away a little bit there just isn't enough Guernsey cows around to be able to supply us with the milk that we need um so that's that's where the name came from it was the breed of cow that the milk was originally coming from and, um 
and you know, as we as over the last however many years, call it decade, and you know, the explosion of e-commerce and direct DTC, direct to consumer. Am, am I right that the? I mean, part of the early business was literally bringing dairy products to people's doorsteps, right to, to their homes. Oh yeah, no doubt. Yeah, um, yeah it was uh, a lot. A lot of my uncles were the the milkmen for. Yeah people that grew up in the Northville, Novi area. Um, yeah, we, we, uh, we dropped, we dropped milk off at the doorstep, put it in the milk chute. However, they had to do it. Um, fairly certain that we were in the home delivery business until sometime in the seventies. Okay. When the focus of the business kind of shifted from what was, what was, you know, wholly and mainly home delivery to some of the grocery stores and retail business and restaurants that were starting to pop up. Um, so yeah, it, you know, and the, 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 the reasons why I guess, or whatever were, um, I'm, I'm sure kind of tenfold. There was, there was plenty of reasons. One I know, and I, I remember being told specifically, it became hard to collect money from people. Um, wouldn't always, wouldn't always run into the people while you were delivering the milk. Um, so when sometimes they would, they would leave some dollar bills on the, on the doorstep and you'd pick that up as you left, but, um, kind of the story goes, it just became hard to collect money. Man, and that's I why the, had a little bit of a paper people. route help with a guy as a kid. And people used to think the hard part was delivering papers in the rain, and the snow. No, the hard part was you're a kid and you're trying to get money from adults. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Get paid. Yeah. So that's where it kind of shifted. So, so we were in that original location, okay. which was uh, just north of the Northville Downs. If anybody's familiar with the, the Northville area, the Northville Downs is a harness uh, horse well. racing track. Um, so they, we stayed there until about 1965 or so when my grandpa found some property out here, about three acres um, in what is now Novi. So our, our, our mailing address is Northville. And that's because when we moved to this location, the city of Novi wasn't a thing yet, wasn't around. There wasn't, right. wasn't a post office in Novi. So we moved to this location in 1966 and kind of built it from the, from the ground up and have added on and changed the place ever since. But uh, yeah, we've been here since 1966. So, you know, I mean, company, a family operation, you know, timeless principles of, you know, really quality products and customer service and all that stuff. So you got dairy farms lying in eight mile, you got, you know, I mean, the product itself sort of commodity. So how, I guess in the early years or as you start to shift into the 60s, 70s, what, what were the things that were done to separate or to give Guernsey uh, you know, its own positioning or its, its, its way that it stood out? Uh, Sure. I think part of what's unique about our story is the family dynamic that, that comes along with it. Okay. So my grandparents had 14 kids. <laughs> yep. So that all 14 of them were part of the business at wow. some point. My mom, who is the youngest of the 14, is the only one of that generation that's that's still left working in the business. So um, it was such a close, tight-knit family dynamic to where everybody you know, again, part of the, this, the story goes is my, my grandpa needed to hire a workforce. He needed, he needed uh, a people to, to today's great reshuffle is yeah. 14 go, kids just, instead of two. Okay. Just have more kids. Yeah. Um, so everybody that, that worked and kind of helped get the dairy going was, um, was a lot of them were family. And if they weren't family, they were somebody that worked for my grandpa for, for a lot of years and they cared about 
um, they cared about what they were doing and they cared about coming into work every day and making sure that the customer was happy and that they were making quality products. I think that's part of what has differentiated us um, from some of the others over the years is just the focus and the, the emphasis that we put on maintaining a product of the highest quality. Great. Um, and, and I mean, now your products, I mean, you use the P word, P word being premium t- tied or attached to a lot of your products. Has that yep. always been something that's sort of part of the currency story or is that part of the evolution? Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, using the term and the word premium, there's there in the dairy world, there is, um, you know, the CFR, the code of federal regulations, there's, there's ways to classify okay. different products, ice cream specifically. Um, I, it, there is a, there is a super premium line of ice cream and it, and it all ties into the butterfat content and the overrun that makes up the, the ice cream. So we've, we've fallen into the premium category. And I think that, um, yeah, people, people hear a word premium, they hear a word super premium and, and quality and local and things like that. And I think we just live in a world today, even more so than, than years ago, that people do want to feel connected to where they're buying their milk from, where they're buying their food from, um, which is, which is also a part of what's been able to allow us to grow over the last several years is, um, we're pretty transparent in what we do. Um, we, 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 we take people through tours all the time and, um, you know, as far as our farm partner, I think that's another part of the cool story that we have going on. We have a direct single source farm now where we're buying our milk from. And, um, that, and a, that is also a multi-generational operation, correct? Correct. They're on their fourth generation um, and they're, they're located in Wayland, which is just south of Grand Rapids or so. Um, and they do a phenomenal job. I think they, they align very well with what and who we are as far as our business values. They have a high emphasis on quality as well. There, there is certainly a difference in, in raw milk in the farms that it's coming from. We are getting a premium product in our raw milk right now. And that's part of, part of what our, our finished product and why our finished product is, is able to kind of, you know, be a, be a quality and, premium product is because of our farm partner. So Guernsey Farms Dairy, I mean, you know, the 80 plus year journey, you've had an ex, you know, from basic dairy products to expansion of different types of products, even to a full service restaurant, all that. So a lot of hits, right? A lot of things that have worked. One of the things I love doing on this podcast is because, you know, whether it's sports or business, nobody has an 80 year run that's perfect. Like there's, there's either a bad season or there's a, there's a something that went a little yeah, or didn't or yeah. just you know was was it was a not a failure but a test. So a lot. What is there something from the earlier days or your mom's era that you guys tried that was you know that you, you now you learn from or you smile about or that was just somebody goes what were we thinking or any any anything yeah. from the lore? Uh, well, I guess probably most recently was um, you know we have the ability to be a fluid beverage manufacturer, right? We're, we're a grade A dairy operation. We bring in raw milk and pasteurize it then package it into, into you know, a various amount of the, the different cartons. But ultimately we could do that with any fluid. So okay. over the year, you know, over the last couple of years, um, when the, the cold brew category was booming across the country and throughout the state of Michigan, there was, there was a, a certain need for a, a ready to drink cold brew coffee drink. Sure. Um, so 
you know, we were, we had been approached several, several different times by several different companies. And we ended up getting into it with a couple of different organizations to where we were producing a ready to drink cold brew coffee. Um, we, you know, we, we brought it in. It was certainly something different than what we were, were used to in terms of we were, you know, we were, we had cold brew coffee in our tanks that held milk at times. Um, so that it was just something that we, you know, we did our best to try to, to get into that category. We made a phenomenal product. It was, it was very good. One of the, one of the things and why I guess I'm, I'm going here is that, um, um, we are a conventional pasteurization type organization. We okay. either vat pasteurize or we call we we use a high temperature short time type pasteurization method for our products so a lot of what in that category specifically the cold brew world a lot of the stuff was pasteurized using the UHT method the ultra high heat yeah so it 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 allowed that allowed the other products to be able to have a longer shelf life to for some of them even become shelf stable and for us, we were looking for a, we wanted to develop a fresh product that sure. uh, hit the, hit the shelf with only 30 days of shelf life or 45 uh, days of shelf life, as opposed to some of the others that are out there in the world that had, you know, 90 days of shelf life or 120 days. And it ultimately just ended up being something that, uh, that we couldn't compete with, um, price point being one of them, the shelf life being one of them. The, again, we go back to the the product itself. If you put it on, on a table with everything else that was out there in the world at the time, you know, a good amount of people would have, would have done a blind taste test and said, dang, yours tastes pretty good. That's, that's really good. But getting it to the consumer and allowing it to, you know, have a good shelf life. And it's just something that, that didn't work out for us. So we're we, guess. A lot to overcome. Yeah. Um, and we had, you know, we made some investments in the plant to be able to do it. And, um, you know, it was, it was, uh, it was us as a, as a company, as we kind of transitioned into, into this mindset of we wanted to grow and we wanted to, to not say no to different opportunities that presented themselves. Sure. So we, we got into it. We, we did our best shot and, you know, it ended up just not working out for us. And I think it was a learning experience for us. Um, not to say that we wouldn't do something like that again in the future. We're going to continue to have opportunities present themselves. And I'm going to always say yes to somebody that says, hey, I got an idea. I'd love to talk to you about it. Well, I appreciate yeah. you sharing that because I'm sorry I never tried that product because I kind of like some of the cold brews and I love your half and half and your flavoring. Yep. So I probably would have become a fan, but then I might have been hooked and then the product's not there anymore. So the right. whole the whole thing, but you know, and then over the past decade, you all have expanded territorially, right? From maybe closer into the center epicenter of here, Southeast Michigan, to other other regions, added trucks. So talk talk talk. Just talk about, I guess, the growth of the company. But I tie that to you know what you're excited about as you look out to ninety and hundred for Currency Farms Dairy. Yeah, I guess uh, shift from the past yeah. into kind of where you're going. Within within the last decade, probably seven years ago or so, uh, Guernsey products were really only available within maybe a 60, 70 mile radius from where I'm sitting right now. Okay. Um, and at the time, we had five trucks of our own on the road. And this was this was as we were starting to approach our, our 75th and 80th anniversary and some of the transition of you know, ownership and the you know, generational 
We'll come you know, back and talk about succession. some of that. Yeah. You know, so we, we, we can approach this, wanted to go into this growth mode type okay. scenario to where um, we wanted to, to grow the company. Um, so that's where some of that mindset of not saying no to, to new opportunities came from. And um, it just, it, it, uh, we found ourselves now today, uh, you know, seven, eight years later, we have 11 delivery vehicles of our own that are on the road. We are available just about across the whole state of Michigan, including Mackinac Island. Um, and our products are available in 21 different states. Super. For, and for listeners, uh, it's not, how many trucks did you say? Vehicles? We have, we have 11 trucks on the road. Now. Yeah, they're not just trucks and vehicles. They're very distinctively colored and paint. I mean, you, you notice them, right? I mean, you've used them yep. very well in your, as part of your brand your branding yeah i mean they're they're big they're big they're big billboards that drive down the road every day and uh we wanted to use that as an opportunity to to get our name out there and um yeah i mean we we uh we got some really good people that helped develop some of our some of our signage and our branding and and things like that so so within within the values of your organization you post you know quality that we've talked about honesty which you mentioned sort of the transparency seeing the tours intention which is wonderful word of you know sort of kind of be focused and then the family part of it so 14 kids from that from you know that first your grandfather and that would then become sort of that second generation of the business how how did how did just ownership and governance and all that stuff go from your grandfather who lived to be 103 so he's around it for a long long time right yeah to the next gen and then even to to you and some of your i'm guessing both siblings cousins whatever like can you just sort of walk people through how you've all dealt with that with all of those family members yeah um, i think we've been fortunate to have a good tight-knit group of of people Um, there's obviously been some things over the years that have been challenging but I think when at the core of what everybody in our family that has been involved with it, it has been, we want to do what's best for the company. We want the company to succeed. We want to make, we want to make it so the next generation has the ability to stick around for another 80 years. Everybody has always had that at the core of their decision-making and in their heart, really. So, so we've been fortunate in that regard. Um, you know, my grandpa, I, I guess the story goes as at some point, all 14 kids had ownership in the business. Um, obviously, some of them wanted to move on and, uh, you know, moved out of state and just weren't able to uh, to be a part of it and, and, and work in it every day. That's what it right, takes. Right. To Hands on working it, but, but still well, part that's, of it. Yep. Yep. So the so the ownership has changed over the years here and there. There was um, some some brothers, uncles that. Uh, that were heavily involved in terms of being, you know, majority owners. Um, and there was, there was a, you know, not a vast age gap, but when you have 14 kids, um, you know, the, the age difference when my mom was born, the oldest was 19 years old. So it was 14 kids in 19 years, Over, wow. Um, wow. which is crazy. It is. But, but it's, you know, it's still a 19 year gap. So some of them were older, some of them, you know, just retired on before, um, Interesting. You know, while some of the a other whole generation were, within a family, yeah, yeah. So, so now today the ownership is split equally between my mom and myself and three of my cousins, and that's kind of how we want to we want to pursue everything going forward. Is that everything is an equal split? When my mom goes to retire on, my brother who's in the business now has plans of you know taking over some of her ownership. So. Um, 
you know, so that's, we're, on, we're, that's, we're big... that's ownership and shares. There's also, I mean, there's still, are, is it right? There may be a dozen or so family members that are involved in the business in some way, right? Working in it, have different roles. Correct. Yeah. Including, including myself and then the owners, I think there's, there's about 12 or 13 or so of our, you know, direct family members, cousins. Um, so that, does that, that group of 12, that group of 12 or 13, do you meet as a family unit regularly or is there a smaller group that meets to kind of chart the business out? Like just like really interested in sort of the decision-making and some of the ways that you do the, you know, the classic work in the business, work on the business. Right. I mean, you're right. You, kind of, right. you get, you find that carve that time out and how you do some of that future planning work and thinking about the business. Yeah. A lot of the, the other family members and, you know, even, even all of us are involved in different areas and aspects of the business. Um, although we don't, totally try to label ourselves in that regard. Like if you asked me what my title was right now, I wouldn't tell you. I'd say I'm, I'm a, just a third generation milkman that's trying to come to work. It was one of my questions because it's, it's not totally clear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and, and we don't do that. We don't have uh, titles per se for any anybody within the business. Everybody kind of helps in, in different areas. And that's been successful for us. That's that's worked for us. Um, you know, we, we, we don't like the mentality of people um, – saying or thinking that's not my job type deal and I think when you develop different uh, titles and roles sometimes you get some of that work you know we are still I get you know I, not to say a small dairy but we're not huge and we need people to be able to work on and do different things so we're I, I guess we we do regularly meet with people that and family and other people that have been around a long time and are like family and sit down and try to talk about what the future holds, what we're doing good today, what we're doing bad today and why, you know, I think those are, those are two questions that we ask pretty regularly as we sit down. Do you do do that all yourself? Do you have someone who helps like facilitate that or advise that or? Yeah, we get, we got a really good group of, of people that are here. I think that's again, part of what has made us successful and why we're here after 81 years is because we do have good people. Right. So yeah, I got other, other cousins and, and people that are within the business that, uh, that are, that are rock stars, you know, and help us in that regard and, and helping with the vision and how we're going to move this thing forward and be here for another and 80 for, years. And for a business that, you know, classically starts very early in the morning, you got a restaurant, you're doing ice cream and, you know, summers in Michigan, it's still late at 10, 10, 30, 11. I mean, the days can be long. Yeah. Business goes forever. How do you yourself, um, you know, I guess, what do you do to kind of get away from the business a little bit, clear your head and keep fresh. Um, and then you all go there first. Yeah, um, it's it's certainly been tough over the last year, specifically yes. just with what's happened in the world and uh, some staffing issues. And sure. So we've all had to uh, kind of pick up even more hats for a little bit more than wear, right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But um, you know, everybody tries to do their thing and get away. Uh, we got one cousin that took a week of vacation. He only lives ten minutes away. He's not going anywhere. He's just gonna. Work on his house, work on it. Yeah, staycation just to, to kind of get away. And, um, you know, I found myself buying a house also about 10 minutes away or so, and we renovated the whole thing. So that was, uh, I don't know, coming up on three months now. So my time away from work is spent working on a house. Yeah, you get away from so, work by doing some more work. I, yeah, I, under- yeah, I exactly. understand. <laughs> yeah. But also, but, yeah. so then back to the kind of getting immersed in work, what, it, you know, you've got a lot of family members around and that's wonderful resource. Uh, 
for inspiration for yourself, anybody, any sort of outside of the organization mentor you go to or stuff you read, stuff you listen to, where do you, where do you get ideas and, and um, you know, stuff that keeps you fired up? Yeah, again, I mean, we, we um, were lucky to have a good generation of people before us. So I think everybody around looks up to my grandpa who had kind of developed and started the thing. And then our uncles and aunts who had ran it for so long. Um, you know, there's definitely some good leaders within that group. Um, I find myself in the, in the, the sports world a little bit more than, than most. I, okay. I, I played football at Central Michigan and was able to meet a lot of really cool people throughout that organization and uh, just people that came in and talked with us. So, yeah, I mean, I guess I, I tie what we do at the dairy and in the business world to the sports world pretty regularly. I think sure. running a college football program and being a part of that is very similar to what we do. The, There's certain principles the basic and dynamic tackling of business, right? Is it- exactly. I think a lot of it aligns aligns uh, so well. So, um, yeah, and then you know, my my dad, our, my mom, and people within our family. I think every, we got we've had a lot of good mentors over the years that have helped. Uh, kind of steer us in the right path. I mean, with that combination of business and sports, how would you describe your leadership style or how would others in the family and the organization describe it? Um, I think we're, we're a group of, of hands-on leaders. Um, We try to lead by example. We try to, uh, to, to be out there working, working amongst and within the organization. So people kind of see that work ethic and uh, it, it filters down and transfers into some of the other um, people that are here. Um, you know, we, uh, we certainly try to, to not micromanage people in that regard as well. Um, you know, we do have a lot of good people here and I go back to, that's why we're here after 81 years is we have had a lot of good people that have helped support our business and make it grow and, and make it still, to be what it is today. Still back to that good people and good product combination, right? <laughs> right, right. And what, you know, the, uh. Anything that is sort of um, like, you know, you mentioned doing the house and renovating the house, anything that's kind of a new idea, a new product, not the cold brew, but that's something that you're, that's like in beta right now, or that you're testing, or you're excited about either operationally or as a physical, as an actual product. Um, so right now we, we actually have two different projects going on. One just finished up. It was a uh, cement job on the north side of our building, we had to pour a slab to where a a freezer box is gonna get dropped off hopefully in the next week or so. And that's to just add some additional freezer space for us. That's part of what uh, our biggest challenge right now is, is um, we are busting at the seams in our current location. Um, so we've had to get pretty innovative in how we move around and- Logistics and, uh, and growing pains tough. Logistics and growing pains, yeah. Right. So. Um, we are, we are also putting a, a, a new dock system on the back of our business, back of our building to, for how our, our trucks load, um, you know, in 1966, when they built the building, there was a certain style of truck that we had used in a certain way mm-hmm. of loading those trucks. And we hadn't changed that docking system and, uh, you know, till today, um, however many years later. So the trucks are different. We load them differently. So now we're updating that, uh, that dock back there to make things more efficient for us and to add some, some storage for us. So those are kind of two cool, interesting things that, that we're doing and working on now. There's always ice cream flavors that are, that are in beta and that we're talking about. Um, 
You're doing, you're doing developed... something with Dave Sweet Tooth Toffee, I think I saw. Yeah, yeah. So we met the uh, met the owner of Dave's Sweet Tooth. Andrew, and I, I was in uh, the Goldman Sachs 10,000 Small Businesses program with Andrew. So I. Oh, wow. Very yeah, good. Another intersection Very of worlds. Good. Yep. So again, we were, our, our worlds were. were shout out to Andrew. By a, by a, shout out to Andrew by, by a mutual uh, acquaintance. And we were at Chile at the time looking to add a toffee type flavor into our portfolio. Um, and met Andrew and it kind of just worked out great. We, we bought some of his, his regular milk chocolate toffee. He, he busted it up for us. So we got it in, uh, in about dime size, size pieces. And we made this Dave's sweet tooth toffee ice cream. And for great. those who don't know loved. the Dave, Dave story, right? That the Dave's name is his father was a, f- a firefighter and developing yep. these products and recipes within the, firehouse i guess or the kitchens good yep. it's good so stuff that's, well, that, and that's where part of the, the the original conversation was was going with him and that's where we'll get it back to is we'd like to develop a a flavor with him um hopefully get it into retail and then donate a portion of the sales from that flavor to uh, a local firehouse oh, or you know, something, something like that. And we had also talked about maybe doing a, like a Guernsey butter pecan toffee that Dave would, uh, that Andrew would package for us and little cross. Yeah. Yeah. It's like business and music. Everything's kind of, you know, the bash up, the cross ups. I I love the crossovers. I, yeah, we love, we love collaborating with cool, you know, good, good organizations in Michigan, which is another, another email that I'm looking at that just came through here as I'm sitting here in front of my computer. Um, uh, we have now developed a relationship with the Grand Hotel on Mackinac Island. So starting next year, our ice cream will be available in the oh, Sadie's wonderful. ice cream parlor. Yeah. So I, we're excited I, about that. And that's, uh, that's actually one of the new flavors that we're working on is we're going to develop a lilac. Flavor. We'll have to talk about that offline. They were a client of ours okay. for many, many years. Oh, wow. Very good. First guest on this podcast ever was Dan Musser, who, you know, their family owned that yeah. hotel for generations. And yeah, so that's a little bit of a shift, I guess, from Hudsonville to you all. So uh, yeah. congrats to you. That, that, thank that's, you, thank you. that's, that, I mean, so, I mean, I, that hotel, that Island, near and dear to me because we've been yeah. involved with it for so long as, as an agency. Um, but well, go, let's, you know, one other future piece. I think, are there, are there fourth generation family members in the business currently? There is, there is one fourth generation awesome. that's, uh, that's working right below me right now. Um, we, we had his, his sister who was another fourth generation working in the store for a little while. She's since moved on. Um, we've had another fourth generation that worked in the restaurant for a little while. She's since moved on, but, uh, yeah, there's, are these, there's already your, some, these uh, are these your kids or, uh, these are, these are my, my cousins kids. Cousins. Um, yep. And then, you know, we've had other, other cousins kids that are in high school that, uh, you know, they're looking for summer work or things like that to come in and help out regularly too around the holiday times. If they got time off school and away from sports, they come in and help out. So as you're around just them, that that group that's the fourth gen as this continues, what 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 do you tell them? What do you say to them? What do you what do you show them that's either you know stuff that you've heard that goes all the way back to your grandfather or that you learned, you know, in your early years in this this business? Um, 
I, I keep it pretty simple. And I do this with even people that we hire originally. I, I think that the, this business is founded on something very good. It's good quality product and good, good service to, to the customers. Um, so I say, come to work every day with a good attitude. Um, if you're going to be a milkman, if you're going to work in this business, you're going to wake up early. You're going to work hard. You're going to go home at night. Uh, probably you'll probably get into work while it's dark and you'll probably get to home, <laughs> get home at night when it's dark and you'll come to the work and come to work and do it all again the next day. So have a good attitude about it and, uh, and try hard. You know what I mean? Have, have a good ad- attitude and effort are two things that uh, we preach pretty regularly around here. And, uh, and those are the two things that we can control in life. I, um, I love that. I, I'm, I mean, you're speaking to my heart. I'd sort of try to yeah. not preach, but maybe I get preachy about those yeah. same things because especially where you feel, you know, when generations get labeled, you know, they just want shortcuts. They want it easy. But I don't believe that's true. I think there's plenty of people <laughs> want to work hard and know that effort pays off and, and it, and it takes, it takes that. So that's awesome. Yeah. So that's why I try to keep it simple. I mean, there's, there's definitely certain things that, um, you know, we could get more specific in and in, in how we're going to try to set up the next generation sure. and what we what we tell them for for how to do certain things. But to to boil it down and make it at its simplest core, just you know, attitude and effort, come into work and and have that funnel through to the people that are working here. Um, try hard and have a good attitude. And and you know, the last thing I've asked every guest on this podcast because all the other questions are a little freer flowing. But what is the most fulfilling thing for you? about this generational business, Currency Farms Dairy or GFD, I guess, as you sometimes use. I hadn't seen that. Maybe you use it only internally, but. Yeah. Um, it's, we're, we're very fortunate to be in, in the situation that we are. Um, I guess most specifically, it is really cool. When I'm looking out this window right now to this 250-year-old oak tree that's yeah, gigantic. Have, right okay. in the, I'm glad right you brought in the, up right the yeah, so that's that is that's kind of like a symbol for our business. It's uh, it's obviously a big tree. It's been around a long time, and it's got deep roots. We got deep roots in this community, um, and then there's that big giant rock that's sitting right underneath it. That when they were digging the foundation for this building in '65, '66, they pulled all these rocks up and piled them around that tree. So when I see when I see people sitting out on that rock, and just about a week ago or so, I saw. A, a little boy, a young boy eating ice cream with his dad and with his grandpa. When when the grandpa was that little boy's age, he sat on the very same rock and nice. probably ate the exact same recipe ice cream as well. Uh, I think that's the most fulfilling thing that we have. We've been a staple in this community for a long time. And uh, when I see stuff like that, that's just, it, you know, brings a smile to our face. I I nowhere to go but that I, I i mean you have deep roots i w- whichever of the branches the business flows down on that oak tree it, i i'm 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 rooting for for guernsey yeah. and i'm a fan and i'll be be i'll be on that rock I, I i think of our you know sort of you mentioned football i think of baseball when you see those pictures you know the the grandparent and the next gen and the yellow kid at the game, you know, and just that legacy, those traditions. It's wonderful. Anything I forgot to touch on Joe, anything about the, about Uh, the dairy that you'd like to have people know? 
Yeah, I mean, we we nothing nothing specifically. We we could go on for hours and hours okay. and talk. You know, for for eighty for eight, after eighty years, there's a lot to talk about, obviously. But uh, yeah, that kind of that kind of boils it down to the the core points. Um, and anything you shared in this little half hour we talked that you hadn't shared before, I, I wouldn't know because. No, um, no, nope. no, no, no secrets. Yeah. The, the, the grand hotel relationship has been, um, that's been solidified and put out there in the that's world great. now. So that's, that's a new one. Um, you know, I think one thing that we kind of didn't touch on is our, some of our involvement with the community in the last two years, we've developed a relationship with the rainbow connection. Thank you um, for bringing that not, up. Yep. The community yeah, is part of your values familiar. and it pays out. Yep. Yeah. So anybody not familiar with them, they are a make a wish type organization, but only focused on Michigan families and Michigan kids that are going through the, the worst thing in the world. So we we've put their logo on all of our retail packaging in order to try to gain some awareness and advocate for their cause. And we now donate a portion of the proceeds from the sales in our store to their organization. Um, so we're, we, that's, I guess, another one of the things that's, uh, as far as fulfillment and uh, why we come to work every day and work so hard is to be able to help out organizations like that. Another, I guess, cool story, um, about that is we, we had our first Guernsey golf outing this year, uh, a bunch of golfers in our family. I guess that's one thing that we try to do when we get away. Not that any of us are any good necessarily. We just like being out on a golf sure. cart right down in the middle of the woods. So we finally, after years of talking about developing and, and starting a golf out, and we did it this year, my mom kind of took the, took the bull by the horns and said, all right, we're just doing it. We're setting it up. And we are going to, we'll try to raise some money and donate it to the, the rainbow connection. So what turned into maybe getting, uh, you know, 40 or so employees from the dairy just to go out and play one day, um, we ended up filling up a golf course and we're you know we did it in order to raise money for the rainbow connection my my brother-in-law brought a buddy of his to the golf outing my brother-in-law didn't tell his buddy what it was for other than that it's a guernsey golf outing it's gonna be a great day you know steak dinner it'll be it'll be fun so the brother-in-law you know brought his buddy out they the, the buddy showed up and saw that it was for the rainbow connection and his son is a rainbow kid. His son, uh, his, his, his three-year-old son had, had cancer and is battling cancer right now. So we were, we ended up being able to donate enough money to the rainbow to be able to send that buddy and his son and his family to Disney world. Cause that was that, that kid's wish is what they wanted to do. So they went to Disney world. I believe it was just a couple of weeks ago. That's awesome. So, I mean, both, both community support and making dreams come true. I, I did see that as part of your community connection and I'll make sure I yeah. flag that in the show notes. So Joe, yeah. I thank you for your, your, your time, your, your openness on, you know, sharing business story, family story, product story, uh, great stuff. And, uh, yeah. you know, I look, I look forward to the reaction that this gets in, in the community, uh, in, 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 in the community of business people, family business, all of that. So thank sure. you. Sure. No, no, we uh, appreciate what you're doing. And uh, it was nice talking to you. Thank you for listening. Special thanks to Sam Daly, Eric Head, and Joel Bienenfeld at SMZ for helping make Generation Excellence, well, excellent. Until next time, I'm Jamie Michelson.